Well, welcome to Rise Church. My name is Jason. I'm the executive pastor here. Our pastor is off this week. He'll be back next week to start a brand new series. We always encourage if you're a guest to try us out three times, whether you're joining us online or here in person, to get a better uh, picture of what Rise Church is like. And we are wrapping up a four-part series today. And so uh, Jonah, part four, we're in chapter four of the book of Jonah found in the Bible. Hey, if you're watching online, uh, just comment, like, comment what your favorite uh, moment so far of the series has been, and uh, make sure to share that with us too, and uh, leave a review on Facebook or Google is, is always a great thing. And so we've been unpacking week by week in chapter one of Jonah, Pastor Aaron shared uh, of how Jonah was called to go, but he ran instead, and how often when God calls us to something, we may run in the opposite direction. Uh, chapter two, we talked about how Jonah prayed in the fish. Chapter three, last weekend, uh, Pastor Aaron shared about uh, Jonah's message and how uh, the people responded to that and talked about grace. And so we're going to jump into Jonah 4. We're going to read the whole entire chapter. It's 11 verses long and unpack some things here in Jonah 4. Verse 1, he says, This change of plan. So in other words, what happened in coming up to this place is Jonah preaches. God changes his mind. He's not going to bring punishment on the people. He has a change of plans. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Uh, the, the Hebrew here, which is the original language, actually is what Jonah is saying is he esteemed what God was doing as evil. Wow. He thought God was evil. That's, that's interesting. He became very angry. We, we, we read on here, verse 2, he says this, uh, so he complained. That's the first thing he did. He started complaining to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before? Let's stop right there. Nowhere do we have in the scripture that actually Jonah said this before, by the way. Um, so if Jonah wrote this, I don't know why he wouldn't have put that in before, but he, he says, didn't I say before, this is part of his complaining, didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? Didn't I say this? Didn't I predict this? No, you did not. Uh, that is why I ran all way to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. That's a weird thing to complain about. God, you're so merciful and grace-filled and compassionate, and you don't destroy people quickly. I'm really mad. Verse 3, God says this. Well, no, this is still Jonah. Whoa, just kill me now. Wow, this guy has a problem. Lord, I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Wow. Okay, we, here's God's reply. Is it right, the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? It's a great question. We're going to come back to it. Verse 5, then Jonah went out to the east side of the city, east side, uh, and he made a shelter to, to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. We already know, he already knows what's going to happen to the city. Why are you going out there? Maybe he's thinking like, maybe my complaint will make God destroy him after all. Verse 6. And then the Lord arranged, everyone say arranged. arranged. This word comes up multiple times. For a leafy plant, it was actually a gourd, uh, to grow there. And soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head. 
shading him from the sun. Man, that's great. You ever been to the beach and you want to have something shading you when it gets, uh, you know, you're out there at 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock. It's real sunny. And it says, this eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. Verse 7, it says, but God also, there's that word again, arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant. So it now, let me stop here for a second. Uh, this is just a bonus, but I, as I was reading this, it's interesting, this word worm. And again, the original language is Hebrew. And so this word worm is the same word for the word in Hebrew for scarlet. Interesting. And I was reading like, why is that the case? Half the time it's actually more of the time it's actually translated scarlet than worm. It's a couple times worm, all in Jonah where it's mentioned, but then uh, most of the time it's the word scarlet. What this worm was, this is how this worm operated. The, the female worm would attach herself to a tree when she was ready to, to, to lay her eggs to protect her young. She would attach herself to the tree, lay her eggs underneath her body, covering, so she would be permanently attached, and she would die there for her children. And when she died, from her body would come a really deep scarlet blood. And the ancients would actually take that and use that to dye clothes and items. So the word scarlet and this worm were the same. So you see, Jesus referenced, him, referenced the book of Jonah. He said, just as Jonah was in the whale three days, so the Son of Man will be uh, in, you know, in the grave for three days. You see Christ here again. You say, well, how, how? he attached himself to a tree and died there for his children. And we sing about how his blood was scarlet. And so you see a parallel there. That's just bonus. It just shows you how interwoven the scriptures are. Do you understand them? And so it says it ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away. The plant's gone now. His shade's gone. And as the sun grew hot, God arranged. There's another word for a, a scorching east wind. And that east wind would come off across the desert and be dry and super hot and blew on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint and wished to die. And here's what he said. Death is certainly better than living like this. Man, that's a bad sunburn. <laughs> I mean, I got a little sunburn. We, we went to uh, South Padre this past week. I mean, I got a little sunburn, but I never said, I wish I was dead. He exclaimed. Then God says, God responds back. Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? And here's his answer to God. Yes, even angry enough to die. Wow. Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. The Hebrew there says that don't know their left hand from the right hand spiritually. They don't even know where they're at. Not to mention all the animals. And they actually, again, Hebrew actually says cattle. It's, 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 it, you know, this book is 
is an amazing book, and if we had more time, we could teach more on this, but it's like, so you see there was a fish in there, and then when he, after he preached, it says not only did the people fast, they made the animals fast. It's like, nope, kitty, you don't get any food today. We're fasting and repenting before the Lord. Sorry. And then he's talking about cattle and there's worms. It's like if you're an animal lover, that's a great, great book for you. It's all kind. He says, Should I feel, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? You see this anger that Jonah has. And we all go through parts of our life where we are angry, where we suffer from anger or suffer with anger maybe even. You know, I know... You know, as I said, I went to the beach this past week, and we got there, not this Thursday, the Thursday before. Well, you guys might have known Saturday, Sunday, there was a hurricane. It was a little tiny baby one, but it was a hurricane. And with, you know, already all the COVID restrictions, we're going down there, we're staying there. There's like half the things are closed. Things are going out of business because, you know, it's like they don't have enough. And, you know, it's like a mess and they're weird hours and they don't tell you their hours. and You can't go to their website. You just, you just... That stressed me out because I like to have a plan and I like to go with it. And it's like, when is this thing coming? It's a tropical storm. It's a hurricane. It came. Like, you know, it's there. And I'm trying not to be angry, you know, because, like, I don't want to be the angry dad on vacation. You see, like, the angry dad on vacation. It's like, y'all going to have a good time. I paid a lot of money for this. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I saw those dads there. They're not red from the sunburn. They're just red from anger. You're just like, ah! I tried not to be angry. I just tried to be calm on my kid. You know, it's like, I think I did a pretty good job. You know, I tried to do. But I don't always do a good job. Anger is kind of one of my things that I struggle with. That's why this message is just, it's just really for me. It's, if y'all don't get anything from it, that's okay. Uh, it's just for me. And, you know, I did good this week, you know, but... Sometimes I don't, I don't do so good. Remember years ago when I was first in ministry, I got my first cell phone. And I worked for a church, and uh, they put, they did not pay any part of my cell phone. They didn't buy me the cell phone, they didn't put the, cert, but they put my number on the building. And said, if you got a problem, here you call this guy. And I'm like, on the building from the street, you can see my cell phone number. And like, again, they ain't paying anything. You know, no big deal. But one time we're having a leadership meeting and my pastor's talking. And have you ever heard somebody say something? And you're like, did they they just say that? And I I think this is what he said. Now, I I realize that sometimes when you hear somebody say something, you realize that that wasn't what they said. Like you listen to the recording and you're like, no, no, that's I heard it differently. We, hey, trust me, I, if you've never heard that, I've heard it a lot, because I'm the one who deals with angry emails and text messages. Pastor Aaron said, no, he didn't watch the video. They're like, that's a deep fake. I don't know, he really said that. No, he did not. I promise, I heard it. You didn't. <laughs> You're wrong. He didn't. I had, I've dealt with that like at least six times in the last year. And so I hear him say this, and I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he didn't say this, but I'm pretty sure he did. He said he was talking about leadership like qualities, and he was you know, leading the staff and some of the volunteers and the elders and leaders of the church, and he said, 
you know, the great thing about Jason, and I was like sitting up and we had a sound booth that was raised up, you know, it was like a balcony and I'm up there and he said, the great thing, the only good thing about Jason is this, he always answers his phone when I call. And I'm like, the only good thing? And I got mad and I had one of those Nokia block phones. And after the meeting, I was so mad. I was just mad, angry. And so I took that thing, and I went out to the parking lot, and I'm like, I'll show him answer my phone. I won't answer my phone ever again. <laughs> like, totally irrational, just like Jonah. And I took it, and I like, slammed it down, and it like bounces up, and nothing's even, that's not even scratched. <laughs> you know, like you look at an iPhone funny, and it's like shattered. It's like, ah, this thing, I threw it like seven times. And I couldn't break it. I like, I gotta go run it over with my car. <laughs> you know, it's like, this thing won't break. Now, that was totally irrational. I was letting anger take me to sin. And as Jonah's, we see, why was Jonah so angry? See, I was angry because I thought my pastor was insulting me. Now, maybe he didn't say that. Maybe he did. Doesn't matter. Why was Jonah angry? He was angry for a few reasons. As we've see in this story that makes sense is that he was going to Nineveh, which was of the kingdom of Assyria. He was from Israel. They were enemies. God is sending someone from, they believe they're God's chosen people. We can do no wrong. It's, we're amazing. God had already actually prophesied that Assyria would be his hand of judgment upon Israel for what they've done wrong. Sin, turning away from him. And God calls him to go over there and preach to them. So he was dealing with a little bit of like national pride. Like, God, I want you to kill those Iraqis. Kill those terrorists. But God's sending him to preach grace and, and repentance to them, and he doesn't want to do it. It's like even the oldest theologians look at this and they say, I was reading a commentary and I was like, man. It, the, the description of the book was a bigoted prophet who disobeys God and gets angry. I'm like, wow. Old-time theologian wrote that. He, he, has, he has some issues that's causing him to cheer against the very people that God has sent him to preach to. And so the question of the day is this. What we're going to walk away with here today is the question that God asked Jonah, and it is this. Is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry? And if you want to put this in practical terms for yourself, it's just add a blank there before the question mark. Is it right for you to be angry about blank? In verse 4, we see this is where I get this from. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Jonah doesn't even address, answer God's question in that moment. Verse 9, he asks it again. This is, God has to bring the whole plant and everything to try to get Jonah to realize what he's doing. He says, God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? So there, put your, because the, whatever you're angry about there. 
And then Jonah says, yes, angry enough to die. So the title of our message today is Angry Enough to Die. It's interesting that Jonah wouldn't answer the question about the 120,000 people that God repent and says, I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to destroy them, but he gets angry about a gourd. Like a plant, a leaf. You're angry about that? You, you care about that? And it is good for us to find things that we may get passionate about, that we may even get angry about. We're going to talk about the difference of when our anger becomes sin. But I want to answer today is, how do I know if I'm angry about the right things? How do you know if you're angry about the right things? I'm going to give you three things that will help you to know if you're angry about the right things. Because we all get angry at times, and we have to make sure we're being angry about the right things. It, it can be good to be angry at, at, at injustice and immorality and ungodly behavior and things when they go wrong. It's okay to be angry about those, but how do you do it in a way that you make sure you're being angry about the right thing. The first thing we must do, and we see this right here from Jonah, is reflect upon God's character. This, if you understand this, is so humorous. Verse 2, he's, he's reflecting upon God's character. He says, I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God. You're slow to get angry. You're, this is part of his complaining. You're slow to get angry. You're unfailing love. You're eager to turn back from destroying people. He's talking about God's character here. How ironic that he, he's the prophet of God, not reflecting the character of God. And he just goes, he it, it, he's not even, doesn't even realize how ironic this is. Because if you compare that to what he thought God was evil. He thought all those characteristics, he esteemed them as evil. Why? He had so much hatred for the Assyrians that it caused his anger to not let him see straight. You, you see, he was irrational. Let's contrast that with jo Jonah's anger. He was irrational. He, he doesn't even see that God's character com compared to his doesn't work out. He was selfish and hypocritical. He gladly received grace for himself and the fish, but would not receive grace for them and their city. Pastor Aaron talked about that grace last week. He was, his anger caused him to be harmful. He talked about death. He talked about dying multiple times. So how do we reflect upon God's character? It's something we have to do over time as we get to know him, as we read his word, as we spend devotion time, as we spend worship time, as we spend prayer time, as we spend time with other believers when we're serving others, those are ways that we reflect upon, and also we are called to reflect God's character. In other words, we're, we should be a reflection of his character to others. Not just, hey, I know about God's character. That's Jonah. That's hypocritical. But Jonah wasn't reflecting. He knew God's character, but he wasn't reflecting God's character. Otherwise, why would he be so surprised that God was who he said he was? So number one, reflect upon God's character. What's our number two thing that we can do that we see from Jonah? Number two, we can speak life. Speak life. Proverbs 18 says this, 18.21, the tongue can bring death or life. It's interesting, this verse talks about the power that we have in our words. 
to either speak life or to speak death. And what does Jonah do? Three times. Three times he speaks death. We see here he says, verse 3, kill me now. To God. You've got to be angry to get there. Verse 8, death is better than this. Speaking death. Verse 9, yes, I'm angry enough to die. He speaks death three times. His anger led him to complaining, which then led him to talking about just death was on his tongue. He was ready to die. It's interesting that he had this near-death experience in the whale. Like, if you really wanted to die, just die in the whale, man. Like, why pray all that stuff? And It's just a sunburn. They got a cream for that. You know, we all struggle with anger in some form or another. I know for me, it's just, it's just something I, I always have to deal with. Um, I've said this before. It's like in the first Avengers movie when they, they say to Banner, they, they want him to turn into the Hulk, and they're like, you got to get angry. And he said, that's my secret. I'm always angry. That's me. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I just... It's just my thing. It's just my, and I, and I have to watch it. I have to watch that my anger doesn't come out in my words. They can be cutting. They can be, they can not only just be directly anger, but they can be indirect anger. What do we call that? Sarcasm. Passive aggressiveness. I know for me, sarcasm is a thing that I have to watch out for. I have to watch my words. And all this week, I'm trying to watch my words, make sure, okay, not only am I not going to yell at my kids and be angry, I can't be like, well, it's, it's fine. I'll carry everything. I'm strong anyhow. I can carry everything, and you guys can do nothing. That's okay. And I had to watch myself. You know, like unloading the car, all the things. You know, we get home. Like after our trip, and we, we make it through the COVID, we make it through the hurricane, and we have a great trip, and it's all great, and we get home, and you know, they're like, I want to go to Taco Bell, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, just one more thing for the trip. I'm not going to be sarcastic. I don't want any Taco Bell, but I'll sit in the Taco Bell. So we drive, you know, five, six hours with all the stops. We get in the Taco Bell, and it's like a 30-minute line, even though we ordered ahead. And I'm just like, uh. and I have to go to the bathroom really bad because I've been drinking water like crazy, you know, coffee. Like, uh. Try not to be angry. And then we pull up to the house, and I run in and go to the bathroom, and I come back out to unload, and like the car is spewing uh, radiator fluid everywhere because it's overheating. So I was like, okay, I get everything in, get it all settled, let it cool off, refill it. I'm like, okay, I think this is good. I got a new radiator cap. It's all good. It should be good. So I I get up early this morning, like 4 in the morning, drive it. It's all good. It's all good. It's all working great. But then we come to church, and, like, we're driving down 1604. Ding, ding, ding. And the... Thing says low, it's cool, it's cool, but it's like it's overheating, and I'm like, oh man. And then we get to the church parking lot, and it looks like we're, you know, Smoker's Lodge. It's like <laughs> big, big plume. We apparently elected a new pope. I don't know what's going on here. 
And I'm like, I can't be, I can't be angry. I got to watch my sarcasm. I'm going to watch the words. I don't need to speak every word that comes to my mouth. And one of the words I had to not say is like, man, it's always something. Something's always going wrong. I mean, we just can't be happy. I'm like, nope. I know I'm angry right now, but I'm not going to speak that death. I'm not going to be mad at my kids. It's nobody's fault. Nobody. No, it's, it's all good. It's all good. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna figure out how to get home. We're going to make it. It's all good. We don't need to speak every thought that comes to our mind. And I love this quote here. It says, any fool can criticize, complain, and condemn, and most fools do. Every small frustration we have does not need verbalization. We have to ask ourselves, is it worth the relationship? Here's some questions to ask before you say, in the large scheme of things, does this even matter? Will this be life-giving or life-taking? And James gives us a formula to do this, of how we can watch our words. Here's what he says in James 1 uh, here. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. He gives us the formula for this. Just like my kids trying to help them with distance learning, trying not to get angry about the way they're doing math. I don't know what this is. I was a mathlete, and I can't figure that out. They have to have a formula, and our formula to get the right answer to not be angry is this. He said, quick to listen. I got to listen more than I'm talking. Slow to speak. Don't just say it right away. And then, then that will bring you to getting slow to get angry. If you're quick to listen, slow to speak, you'll be slow to get angry. Quick to listen plus slow to speak equals slow to get angry. That's the formula for not speaking in anger. So as we reflect upon God's character and we reflect God's character, we speak life. Number three is this, we don't let anger control us. This is an ultimate place where we need to get to, is not letting anger control us. You see, some people have taught in churches that it's a sin to be angry at all. And we sometimes fall into that trap. It's like, oh, all anger is sin. It's not. Let's go to the scriptures here. Psalm 4. David wrote this. Don't sin. Here's how he says you sin. By letting anger control you. He doesn't say it's a sin to be angry. Or else I'd always be in sin. He says don't let your anger control you. He says, think about it overnight and remain silent. I love this. Interlude. Which means just stop. Just stop. 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 And here's something that I've had to start practicing. Uh, I'll, get that to, I'll get to that in a second. Oh, man, I want to get to that. It's so good. I'll get to that. Here's what Paul writes about the same thing. He says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Same thing he's quoting there. And he adds on another thing. Now, the psalmist said, think about it overnight, remain silent. But he says, you know what? Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. He's like, he raises the bar. He says, you actually just go ahead and deal with it. Deal with it. He says, here's why. For anger gives foothold to the devil. He's like, you need to deal with it immediately. Go deal with it. So it's not a sin to be angry 
It's a sin to let our anger control us. So how do we quantify, how do I know if anger is controlling me then, Pastor Jason? Because I don't feel, here's some words that we say that give us away. How many of you have ever felt, I'm so angry, I can't see straight. That's anger controlling you. I'm so angry, I can't even breathe right now. Anger controlling you. I'm so angry, I can't speak. I was going to make a joke there, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Anger controlling you. So angry you can't eat. I need to do that after this last week of vacation. So angry I can't sleep. I can't think right. I can't focus. Anger gets and it creates a physical manifestation on our bodies where it affects us when it's starting to control us. That's anger controlling you. And what, that, what the flip becomes is this, is like, anger is a feeling. Here it is. This is in this container, invisible anger. Here I have it. But then when it controls me, it starts to have me in control and take charge over me. Take charge over my words. Take charge over my reactions. Take charge over my eyesight. I mean, all those physical things we talked about there. So how do David and Paul talk about us dealing with anger? First off, again, this is is the good, this is the one I love. Number one here, this is David. He's talking about it. He says this, think about it. How how do we say we deal? He says, think about it and remain silent in Psalm 4.4. Think about it and remain silent. And like I said, interlude, stop. Here's something I practice Because often anger will cause us to snap at someone. You ever heard that term? I I just snapped. I just snapped. Well, what we need to do is we need to snap before we snap. And I have an acronym for that. And typically I hate acronyms, but I I get angry. uh, Acronyms make me angry, but I like this one. So, uh, because it helps me not to be angry. Snap. It stands for this. S stands for stop. Take the pause. Take the pause. N stands for this. Notice. You're going to notice how you're feeling, how you're reacting, how your skin's feeling, how your eyes feeling, how you're... Got to notice. A is for ask. This is the key question. What's really making you angry? When I went to the beach... It wasn't the hur- little baby hurricane. It wasn't, the, it wasn't all those little things. You know what was really making me angry? Is I was out of control. So for me, what was making me angry is I no longer have any control. All I can do is go sit in the room that I paid for, that's not my house, and play board games. Now, maybe you like board games. I hope this doesn't make you angry, but I don't. It's right there in the name, board games. (laughs) It's okay if you do. I still love you, and hopefully you still love me, but I don't. And so I'm like, like, oh, I can't get angry. So I just enjoyed, and I also won, Uh, so that helps. I beat my kids at Star Wars Monopoly. And Lincoln, he was on my team too, sort of. So what we do then with P is we pivot, we change. We have to change something about our situation. 
And usually the only thing we can change about our situation, I can't change anything about my car right now. I can't change anything about the hurricane. I couldn't just go out there and be like, why God? Because I'd literally rather swim in the ocean during a hurricane than play board games. <laughs> we didn't swim in the ocean. We did swim in the, the pool. And people were like, are you insane? We were like, yes. It was awesome. But you have to snap, stop, notice, ask, pivot before you snap, before you get angry. And then number two, it isn't just enough to just do that in the moment, is what you're going to have to learn to do is what Paul was talking about in Ephesians, is you actually have to deal with it. What he was saying, what, what David's talking about is in the moment, pause, Dave, uh, Paul is talking about go and deal with it, fix it, get to the bottom of it. And often, instead of doing that, instead of dealing with what's really causing us to be angry and, and, and digging in, here's the, here's the D's we like to do. We like to do this one, divert. That's what Jonah did. He diverted his anger for the Assyrians onto God. He took his hatred, his bigotry, and he put it onto God, and he got angry at God. Why are you angry? It's likely has nothing to do with the person you're angry at. Another thing we do is we distract. There's bad distractions, substance abuse, gambling, pornography. Those can all be deal, de, de, help you to deal with anger that you haven't addressed. There can be even good things. Like there, there are some good distractions. You know, sometimes for me it's like I just like to go for a walk. Right? There's nothing bad about going for a walk, but it is bad if I never deal with that, if I only distract and never deal. Because what we think is, is this last D is like, if I delay it, if I do some good things to help me calm down, like that's good. We'll just delay it. It'll take care of itself. No, it won't. It just keeps coming back and coming back. And you can just keep delaying it, and you can keep trying to distract, but you have to at some point learn to deal with it. Because when you don't, when you just delay, it's like going out and you say, well, man, there's this fruit tree in my yard, and I don't like it. There's a lemon tree right there. I don't like it. So what do you do? You go down there and you pick all the lemons off the tree and you throw them away. But the next year, they all come back. So maybe you cut off a couple branches and you, get, you throw all the fruit away again. And the next year, comes around and it all grows back. And you're like, I don't know what's going on. That's what we do with stuff we don't deal with. We cut off the fruit, maybe a couple of leaves, and we're like, it should be good now. And then it grows back and we're like, what? I thought I dealt with this. No, you got to cut it down. You got to remove the root. Not just remove the fruit. You got to learn to deal with what it is that's making you angry. And we do that by reflecting upon God's character, speaking life, and not letting anger control us.